Hey everyone, welcome to Ian and Friends Giro d'Italia edition. I am Flowbike Senior Editor Ian Dilly. And I am Michael Sheehan, Ian's friend. Today we are going to talk about Stage 19. This was a big one. It was huge. <laughs> it was so crazy. Uh, everything happened. Everything. I don't even know where to start, so we should just start at the start. Okay, at the start. Uh, <laughs> pretty typical what you would expect on a big mountain day. A whole bunch of riders interested in the break. We got a bunch of really, really good names up the road. And then Mitchelton Scott said no. Yeah, it was uh, kind of what you would expect. Strong riders, good climbers, guys a little bit further down on GC. Sky had said that they were going to send some riders up the road tomorrow, um, try and have somebody uh, at the front uh, and have Froome bridge across to him. They had Hanau, De La Cruz in there, uh, Sunweb had Tendam, uh, EF Education First had Nathan Brown, Joe Dombrowski, Masnada. I mean, it was a stack breakaway. And they got out maybe like 45 seconds a minute, and then Mitchelton Scott went all out in the valley to bring them back. You know, had Sam Bully, Sven Tuft um, on the front just drilling it. Yeah, we saw a just pretty much a lead out train into the Col de la Finestre, the massive beast of a mid midway climb today. And it was Mitchelton Scott and Team Sky just going ham on the front and you just had to feel for the riders who were in the back half of the peloton because they they just knew like this is hard and it's about to get so much worse yeah keep in mind this is the biggest mountain in the entire giro half of it is on gravel roads 45 switchbacks um and the first K was probably the steepest part and sky took over the front from mitchelton scott and just drilled it. I mean, guys were coming out the back at KN, and then the huge news of the day, Simon Yates cracks. Yeah, we have just seen him riding flat out for the first two weeks. Yesterday, we saw a little chink in his armor. We weren't sure if he was getting tired, and sure enough, today, very, very early up the finestre, Simon Yates was gone. And we kind of called this, like, when he was going for all these time bonuses and sprints, you know, in the first week and two of the Giro, we were like, are these efforts going to cost Yates at the, uh, in the third week of these races, you know, um, trying to get time at every little time bonus at the end of every stage. Um, and our Flow Bikes correspondent, Gregor Brown, actually talked to Yates about that. And, um, you know, Yates said, Maybe, but he didn't really care. Uh, if he implodes in the third week, so be it. It appears that strategy did not work. Yeah, so Simon Yates had been racing every single day like it was his last day, this tour, and it seems like it has caught up to him. Who, however, has been just coming on slow and steady all week, Mr. Chris Froome, my pick for the Giro. I never doubted him for a second, might I add. I've stood faithfully by his side, knowing that he would pull out a ride like this. We're and gonna rewind the tape uh, back to the Zonkalon when Chris Froome won, I, and Michael I, called I, it a, a, a nice little victory, a consolation prize, I, I think were your exact words. I don't know what you're talking about. Chris Froome is my pink jersey, so, I want him to win. <laughs> well, I let's, just... 
Let's, I, I don't see it. No, he's, he's had this whole race under control. <laughs> but it was insane. I mean, there were still five Skyriders on the front, on the finestre, when every other team leader was pretty much isolated. I mean, they went all in on this climb. De La Cruz um, and Ellison really was the one who set it up for Chris Froome. I mean, he dropped Welt Poles before Welt Poles could even get to the front. He's essentially sprinting onto the gravel section of this climb, and then Chris Froome just takes off like he's shot out of a rocket. Yeah, 80K out. <laughs> Chris Froome said, see you later, and it was just, he did a time trial from that point on, and it was just basically groups on the road struggling to not lose time to Chris Froome for the rest of the day. It, yeah, it was incredible. And it didn't look like it was going to go as egg-shaped as it did. I mean, by the time they got to the top of the finestre, Chris Froome had 38 seconds on Tom Dumoulin. Uh, Pino, Lopez, and uh, Carapaz were still there. And it looked like maybe you know he would continue to gain a little bit of time, but they would be able to keep him in check. Chris Froome, being Chris Froome, Let's not forget, this guy can really ride a bike. We saw him win a stage at the Tour de France going down a hill, and he went down the finestre so fast. He put like a minute and a half into the Dumoulin group by the time they were through the valley of the finestre. Yeah, if you are a competent bike handler on a descent and you have confidence in that skill, which Chris Froome definitely does now, you can really, really gain time on a group behind you. And that is exactly what Chris Froome did. He had 38 seconds at the top and pretty much put a minute into them on that entire downhill stretch. There were some weird tactics going on with the Chasing Dumoulin group though. They had Thibaut Pino in there and Thibaut Pino's teammate, Sebastian Reichenbach, was not too far behind. And it seemed like that Chasing group opted to wait for Sebastian Reichenbach on the descent, which really like, it was a tough call because they needed the extra firepower when they got to the valley, but they maybe conceded too much time waiting for Reichenbach. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of question this call because I didn't, I've been impressed with how well Reichenbach is climbing this whole Giro. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize he's worse at going downhill than Thibaut Pino. I mean, he was getting dropped on the sense they had to wait forever for him to catch up on the finestre just because he was going downhill so slow. And so, yeah, he was able to help Dumoulin a lot, and he laid it all out on the line um, in the valley, especially between uh, Sestriere and the final climb, the Jaffro, and surely gave Dumoulin a bit of a break. But at the same time, Chris Froome was still putting time on Dumoulin, Reichelbeck, and Pino, um, who were working together. Yeah, you know, Chris Froome is just one of these riders. If you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile and they gave him that inch and that was pretty much the race let's rewind for a second though because i forgot to mention just how beautiful that climb up the finestra uh, was it was ridiculous i mean the snowbanks on the side all the people that rode to the top of this mound and had their bikes laid against the snow and then they're standing on the ledge of this sheer cliff on a dirt road <laughs> and then the descent like yeah we're we're here bashing sebastian reichenbach like he's not going downhill that fast <laughs> you couldn't like drive a golf cart down that descent it is that narrow and just sheer cliffs it was just stunning stunning scenery go to our website, check out the climb and descent of the Finestre. It was one of the coolest bike races we're gonna see all year. 
yeah, if you haven't got a Flow Bike subscription yet, do it now. Watch the stage. Watch tomorrow's stage, which is going to be equally as insane. Watch the Tour de Suisse and all the events we have coming up. Cyclocross, Flanders, Milan, San Remo next year. Um, let's talk about our takeaways, and we'll get to Yates, but let's talk about, A, Team Sky came to this race, or this stage in particular, with a strategy and just executed it perfectly. Yeah, they... They had faith in Chris Froome. This is, they, they had a plan today. Chris Froome said after the stage, you know, I'm, I wasn't going to make up that three-minute gap by attacking on the last climb. He knew he had to make just a do-or-die move, and that is what Team Sky set out to do for him. They ripped it, gave him the opportunity, and in one stage, he <laughs> wiped away a three-minute deficit on Tom Dumoulin. Yeah, 40 seconds ahead of Tom Dumoulin at the end of the day, in the pink jersey, nobody would have guessed this. Um, and he just rode like a, a total champion. I mean, I have to say it. It was, you know, for as un ungainly as he looks on a bicycle, he is just a phenomenal bike racer. Yeah, and that, the gravel section up the Finestre, I'm just going to say if Chris Froome does get banned, he has a career in gravel racing. <laughs> there was somebody running alongside of him with a giant inhaler. I did, I, did, I, did a, I did appreciate the work and effort that fan did into getting that giant inhaler all the way to the top of that mountain. He probably had to ride up with that inhaler on a bicycle. Yeah, and we can't forget that, you know, Froome does have a cloud hanging over his head with this, you know, um, p potential suspension for salbutamol, but Watching him ride today, I mean, as a fan of bike racing, you definitely had to put that on the back burner and just enjoy the show yeah, that was being you, put on. Yeah, you couldn't ask for anything more from Chris Froome and just the way he handled that bike race. That was one of the best displays we've seen. And, and well, and then also to have somebody like Dumoulin, you know, as the counterpart in that pursuit, two of the best time trialists in the world, basically having a 50-mile pursuit against each other <laughs> through, through the Italian Alps. I mean, it was insane. Yeah, and poor Tom. Poor Tom. Like, again, he is just a consummate champion. He is just always dying a thousand deaths on these climbs, but just so, so strong and will never give up. He chased Chris Froome until, yeah, he just ran out of road. I mean, again, he has not done He's done everything perfectly this Giro. He has not made a single mistake. He's ridden incredibly. I mean, he's riding with the best climbers in the world. Mm -hmm. um, he put minutes into them in the time trials, yet he still finds himself 40 seconds down going into the second to last day to somebody new. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was probably starting this day thinking, like, how am I going to get 30 seconds on Simon Yates? And then we just try, traded Simon Yates for Chris Froome. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> nuts. Yeah. And I think this goes to show how hard this Giro d'Italia has been. Ever since they've arrived in Italy, there has not been a single easy day. Every day has been game on, um, you know, from start to finish, whether it's team tactics playing into it, the sprints playing into it. And these guys are so tired. I mean, Pozzavivo, third place, he lost eight and a half minutes to Chris Froome today. It's unbelievable. Yeah, guys are running out of legs right now. I have to say, like, I love Nate Brown's social media feed. Uh, if he gives a really candid kind of look at what's going on in the Peloton just through little snippets of information. And his Strava 
uh, was titled uh, the day of the last sprint when Viviani won. He's like, everybody has lost their mind. This, this, this is the hardest race in the world. This was, this was supposed to be a sprint day. But yeah. but yeah, so this is just a savage race for these racers. And I don't, I don't think they're like, us as fans didn't really expect it to be this hard and this exciting and the racers are just like, what is going on? Yeah, and then let's talk about Simon Yates. I mean, he, you know, we questioned whether he would be able to hold on in the third week, and we saw a chink in his armor yesterday, but I didn't expect an implosion like this. I mean, this was difficult to watch. Like, seeing somebody wearing the leader's jersey, just watching the race go away from them, a, you know, a kilometer or so into, you know, the third from the last climb of the day, I can't imagine, you know, the ride he had today. That, would, that must have been a really tough day for him. Yeah, just every single pedal stroke is just like he's probably kicking himself. It's so, so hard. But I'm finding myself just like looking at Mitchelton Scott and trying to figure out what happened there because they came in with two leaders and both of those leaders have just had a catastrophic failure on... Yeah, the climbing days. Esteban Chavez, he was in uh, second place after Mount Etna. Yeah. And then took a rest day and got dropped four days in a row. And now Simon Yates got to chalk it up to fatigue. But, yeah, really, really strange just running out of legs. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I think everybody else, you know, we've seen – like you mentioned, Israel Cycling Academy was maybe looking ahead to this third week. And, and maybe, you know, Dumoulin, Froome, some of these other riders were looking at these last two mountain stages and seeing that these are the two hardest days of the whole Giro. Maybe holding a little bit of powder in reserve. Um, it's tough to say what everyone's overall strategy is going into the Giro, that you're going to be able to take back maybe three minutes on the second to last mountain stage. I don't think anybody is planning a strategy around that. But it's definitely showing whoever has the most gas left in the tank and showing up with, you know, your legs on fire in the first week isn't doing you much help now. Yeah, well, very mature riding by both Chris Froome and Tom Dumoulin. Yeah, and let's talk about what we have on tap tomorrow. I mean, I'm personally exhausted from watching today. I can't imagine what these guys are facing on the bike and what they'll face tomorrow. Tomorrow we have another stage with three brutal Category 1 climbs all back to back to back. Yeah, more climbing, no rest for the weary. One more really, really decisive GC day before we get to Rome. Yeah, and it's really this, you know, there's two climbs that are difficult, but if Tom Dumoulin can make it to this final climb, I feel like he has a chance to go on the attack on Chris Froome. It really suits him. Um, the gradients aren't insanely steep. It averages about 7%, but there's some intermediate pitches at 2%. And then the final 2K is pretty flat. So with the time bonuses on the line again, there's a chance that we could have a race on our hands all the way down to the finish of the second to last day. That's a really good point. It is Tom Dumoulin's last opportunity tomorrow, and it's not going to be a bad stage for him. What is the big question is, is Froome going to have the legs to... Uh, really just follow what he did today. We saw him after uh, the Zonkalon, who it seemed like all of a sudden Froome was back. But the next day, he was just visibly so tired. We don't know if he really has the form to yeah, build on what he did today or if Tom Dumoulin is going to be able to just take out an advantage and see another GC shakeup. Yeah, and what we saw today, what we saw yesterday, is that these guys are not 
afraid to go on the attack. No, nobody is laying down and you know just saying they're going to protect their GC position, go for a podium in this race. All these guys are racing for the win. Yeah. Uh, Expect uh, another it, insane battle tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. It's Hydrate, roller coaster. eat, get well rested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drink some coffee. It's going to be a wild stage tomorrow. We'll see you then. Stage 20 of the Giro d'Italia. Thanks for joining.